Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 82, Disney Date Night. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Tom. Hey, Pete, how you doing? We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So back to two tonight. Matt had a dinner party he had to attend, and this was the only night we could record, so... Here we are. Sucks for him, right? We're having all the fun. He's having dinner. Yeah. No, I, I mean, this is a, a good a good episode because we all take our wives to Disney World, so this can apply to our trips as well. I mean, I had fun kind of putting together the outline. You know, I really wish that we all took our wives to Disney World. My wife is not quite there yet. She's she's not the consummate Disney fan that I think everybody else's wife is, but we're, we're working on it. Well, I would say that I probably have the jackpot as far as wives who love Disney go, because my wife loved Disney pre our marriage, so I kind of hit the uh, hit the home run. It's very easy to convince my wife to go to Disney. You know, thinking back, like that should have been a pre qualifying question, I guess. Like before we even started dating, I should have been like, "Hey, how often do you like to go to Disney? What's what's your preference? Where do you like to stay? Where do you like to eat? All that kind of stuff." But here we are. Well. Nonetheless, we have a great episode planned, so I'll, uh, I'll let Pete explain that. Yeah, so tonight we are going to talk about Disney date night. So situation as we kind of foresee it or as we kind of see it, you're down at Disney with your significant other. This is where you want to go if you want to have a romantic meal. And I'm going to try to not talk about Tony's Town Square and the Main Street Electric Light Parade. I know that I've told that story 157 times. So I'm going to try not to bring that up, but y'all, that was, that was a great, great date night. Not possible anymore. I was going to say, we have, I don't know, 82 episodes, is that what we're on now? And Pete told that story 160 times, so. Uh, twice an episode. Twice an episode. And he talks about the great movie ride more often than that, so let's go ahead and dive in. Yeah, before we get into that, let's go. Tom, what news do we have this week? Actually, a pretty good slate of news. I think we we hit all four parks which we have not done yeah all four parks tonight which we have not done in a while so we're going to start at epcot as we've mentioned epcot is going through some upgrades and refurbishments and changes and work will begin imminently on the new epcot entrance so what that means is the leave legacy will be removed as we had mentioned uh, it'll be moved outside of the park i believe Uh, but this will be new pathways new green spaces a new fountain big 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 uh big project here for disney I believe the photos will stay for Leave a Legacy, but the granite columns will not be part of the new display that's outside of the gateway. Just a lot going on. I mean, we've talked about Disney construction. Uh, This will go through a few different phases, uh, and I believe it's scheduled to be complete by 2020. So we'll we'll continue to update you as we learn learn more. Staying at Epcot, uh, Japan, as we mentioned, is getting a new restaurant. They have now announced that will open this summer. It's, I, I don't kill me for my pronunciation here. It looks like maybe it's called Takumi Te. So obviously I do not speak Japanese. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited for the restaurant because I don't, I don't dine typically in Japan, nor do I dine in China, uh, a few other pavilions as well. So hopefully this gives me a reason to try a new restaurant. I mean, that, Pete and I are talking about going to Disney in June and, and we're going to try a new restaurant uh, instead of going to the old faithful ones that we we hit every trip uh staying in epcot there is a i call it like a dinner series eat to the beat 
is coming uh, in in conjunction with uh, Food and Wine. Uh, it'll be a concert dinner series with like 35 different acts. It'll begin on August 29th and run through November 19th. Some of the headliner names, I guess, are Plain White Tees, Sugar Ray, Baja Men, Hanson, Boys to Men, uh, and a couple others that'll be coming as well. I don't know much about it other than what I've just shared. Uh, I will be at Disney within those dates, so maybe maybe I'll attend it and, and give a review uh, for the podcast at some point. Uh, taking a monorail ride over to Magic Kingdom, Tron, which we're all very excited for. Construction is starting to be very apparent. They're sinking pylons. They're laying out the track. This is really exciting because Tomorrowland needs another headliner attraction, and this is going to be it. Uh, I, I All the construction updates we give you guys has me so excited for everything going on at Disney World. Sticking with the theme, we read on Walt Disney World News today, which is a great news outlet if, if you are looking for Disney news, that Wreck-It Ralph potentially, you know, rumor mills churning, will be replacing Stitch's Great Escape, uh, scheduled for maybe a 2022 opening. And one of the cooler things I noticed, every guest will supposedly have their own game controller. It'll use the existing theater, but it'll be much more of an interactive experience. So think... You know, it's hard to think what's coming to Galaxy's Edge, but Millennium Falcon will be very interactive. It'll have a different outcome or, or you know, Monsters, Inc. actually is pretty interactive because it's it's guests interacting with live comedians. So think that way, that it'll kind of be a different experience every time you do the attraction. And as much as Disney's moving to technology, you know, think of all the phone uses, especially when Galaxy's Edge comes. This does not surprise me at all that there'll be a, a controller with every chair. Well, and I just just to speak about that a little bit, like, I mean, you know the reaction that you had when you got on Flight of Passage, right? Yeah. Like, I know the feeling that I had when I was on Flight of Passage. Like, I don't want to sound cliche, but like, kind of was in tears a little bit. Like, it's it's that kind of I don't know. It's it's cool. I'm just excited Disney's moving in this direction. I- exactly, exactly. Because you know, you you think of a ride like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's great, but but I wouldn't consider that ride immersive, right? Or like a Splash Mountain. It's great, but it's it's not immersive. Flight of Passage is immersive. You know, this depending on how they do Ralph, this could be really immersive. I think the Millennium Falcon Smugglers run is going to be very immersive. So I'm I'm anxious to see what these new rides are, are, are all about. You know, I think you're hitting a good point. I mean, I love Pirates of the Caribbean. I love Splash Mountain, you know, attractions that are the same every time for the most part. You know, it's not like the Jungle Cruise where you have a different captain. And, you know, Stitch's Great Escape because it it, it just wasn't good. I mean, it got at first probably I enjoyed it, and then the second time it was okay. And it, it didn't have that long-lasting effect. And I think with today's generation, the more you can change the outcome every time you do an attraction, the better it becomes. That's why I rave about Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. So... Well, and and that's why that's why Star Tours at Hollywood Studios is in such a bad place right now because you know it's it's locked in, right? I mean, you're because they have the new movies and because they have Galaxy's Edge opening, you know, you're always going to end up on Batu. You're always going to go through the same scenes. That's what made that ride interesting to me, and 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 that's why I think that ride fails when it's locked into one destination. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, Pete. I mean, I, I think. The more variation you can offer an attraction, think of Tower of Terror, for example. It's a different drop sequence. You know, it makes it it makes it better. Rock and roller coaster, while it's the same roller coaster, it's a different song that you're hearing. So I think any variance you can add definitely improves the attraction. 
Staying in Magic Kingdom, and this will be a theme for a couple other, well, at least one other park we talk about. Magic Kingdom will have extended park hours during June and July. As you guys know, the summer is the peak season at Disney World. It'll be interesting to follow this year because you have Galaxy's Edge coming in August. So do people hold off on their vacations? Disney is offering a ton of promotions to get people there in June and July. But you'll see Magic Kingdom will be open at 8 a.m. It'll stay open until 11 p.m. some nights, 12 a.m. some nights, and 1 a.m. I think on July 4th. So Disney's rolling out the red carpet here to, to allow you to maximize your trip, uh, which is really exciting. Moving over to Hollywood Studios, uh, Walt Disney Presents will hold a preview of Toy Story 4. Uh, beginning May 24th, which does not, su- I mean, it shouldn't be surprising. This is what they do. They, they promote Disney movies coming out within the parks all the time. This fits very nicely, especially with Toy Story Land there. Uh, it, it'll be a special preview, something you won't see on TV, but you could see at the park. So if you need a break from the uh, heat, you know, beat the heat, like the episode we discussed, not a bad place to go to, to spend, you know, a few uh, extra minutes sitting down in cool air and watching what I would assume to be a very good preview. Um, Staying in Hollywood Studios, Galaxy's Edge obviously is right around the corner. We did find out this week that specialty Coke and Dasani bottles that we discussed on our previous episode will be limited to three beverages per guest per transaction. What I'll tell you here is Disney does not want to run out of these. Uh, we, we talk about being an immersive experience. This is very immersive. And another thing I've already noticed, you can get on eBay right now, and these are going for close to $100 on eBay from people who have gotten them from Disneyland and had special inter- entrance to the park and bought one of these bottles. So so they are, they are already, already on eBay. eBay. And what I asked Pete before the episode was, do you think these will last forever? Because if they do, there's no point to go buy it on eBay. But if they're not going to last forever, then if you're, and, and I would never buy one of these, but if you're a Star Wars fan or you're especially a Disney like park open type merch fan, I would do my best to go ahead and get your hands on one because they are on eBay already today. And we're recording this on, Friday, May 17th, to give you reference. This, re- this will release on uh, next Tuesday. Uh, staying with that, mobile ordering will not be available at, uh, again, another restaurant I'm hesitant to pronounce, but K- Katoska's Kettle? Kasaka's Kettle? I don't know what it's called. It'll be in uh, Galaxy's Edge. Uh, this is where you can buy these uh, specialty Coke and Dasani bottles. Uh, last, Bro, it's Katsaka's Kettle. It's not that hard. It, listen, these words creep me out. If they're not in my normal vocabulary, I can't pronounce them. Pete, your mother was my vocabulary teacher. She would probably back this. She, she would support my message. Here. I mean, this is this is the popcorn stand in Galaxy's Edge. So And, and they are going to have these Cokes and, and the Dasani bottles available here. Katsaka's Kettle. Thank you, Pete, for the correction. Staying in Hollywood Studios, uh, last bit of news. Mickey's, uh, the Mickey's of Hollywood which would be all the stores on your left as you enter Hollywood Studios, will be closed through September for a refurbishment. I don't know why Disney still charges full price for Hollywood Studios, because there's so much that is closed or not open or not functioning that it seriously is becoming a half-day park. Uh, Pete and I in June will be going, and I'll be stunned if we last till 4 p.m. And that's that's hard to say with us, because we, we love Disney. Uh, moving over to Animal Kingdom... Construction walls have been installed for the entrance area of the tram loop. So if you park, if you drive your own car to Disney World, you will park in a parking lot. There's a tram that will pick you up and actually take you to the front uh, entrance of Animal Kingdom. Uh, they've done some construction there to improve that area. So you'll notice that on your on your next vacation. Uh, and staying with the extra park hours. Select dates in June and July uh, have extended hours at Animal Kingdom. Park will open at 8 a.m. and close at 10 p.m. Uh, so that's, again... 
take advantage of that. If if you can't get that fast pass at Flight of Passage or if for whatever reason, Navi River Journey, if you've gone that route, uh, bless you. But if you can't get that, maybe you go opening and, and try and try and ride that attraction. I told you about my interesting experience with the fast pass for Flight of Passage, right? I, I had like a three o'clock Flight of Passage that we booked, I don't know, 50 days out from the trip. And all of a sudden, one day I looked and there were all kinds of fast pass times available. And it, and it may have been when Disney announced this eight o'clock opening. That's when these fast passes hit because I got an 830 fast pass for Flight of Passage. Like like thirty like thirty seven days out from our but trip. you and I have this theory on fast passes that Disney withholds fast passes and releases them sporadically. They they have to because I I feel like we've gotten a lot of fast passes late in the game, late really late in the game exactly. Uh, and that's a whole other episode because I mean I think people sit on their dinner reservations and fast passes until ten days before the trip, and that's when things start to open up as well. So it may be a double edged sword where Disney's releasing things and people are now. Because people don't, we, they don't, they don't check it obsessively like you and I do for sixty consecutive days. But anywho, um, checking it right now, actually. Last bit of news for Animal Kingdom: Rafiki's Planet Watch will not reopen until August. I don't think this is a big deal, but it is noteworthy. If if that's something that you uh, are interested in going to, it's just an area of the park that it does suck up some of the guests, but it's not with 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 Pandora. And, you know, Kilimanjaro and Dinosaur Area. I mean, there's just, there's enough room in Animal Kingdom to to handle the crowds. There is, but I I tell you, the last time I was at Animal Kingdom, it was brutal. You had one of the worst days I've ever heard. I mean, it it was, I mean, and you were only looking for two people for fast, right? It was two person fast pass you were looking for, which is usually. And and couldn't get anything. So we'll, we'll see what it's like. We're going again in June. We'll see what it's like then, but it was brutal in Animal Kingdom. You know, I'll tell you, and and we, we don't have to belabor this point, but when my wife and I went very short notice magic kingdom was like that for us we we could not get i mean i didn't ride splash mountain that day I didn't ride seven dwarves i mean it was brutal uh, we were actually in our log for splash mountain when the ride broke down <laughs> so y- you can imagine how angry i was well and, and speaking speaking of magic kingdom we will have i don't i don't think we've shared we will be going to one of these villains events at magic kingdom so we we will talk about that on a future episode but uh, yeah we'll do it. i think i think we're both pretty excited about that uh, yeah as long as the event allows i mean we're planning a full review of this uh, i i've read a lot about it i'm anxious to see some some youtube and and articles that are written before we get to go down but it's supposed to be pretty awesome so hopefully we can bring you guys back a ton of news on that and then you can decide if you'd like to attend uh, moving to our general and resort news topic, uh, just a couple points. There are new cast member uniforms for Coronado Springs. Uh, the Shop Disney Parks app will be retired May 31st. All shopping will be transitioned to Shop Disney as the only online retail destination for Disney Parks merchandise. And probably Pete's favorite bit of this portion of the news, Trader Sam's now has new mugs available. Uh, if you're not familiar, Trader Sam's is the bar that's located at Disney's Polynesian Resort, which is on the monorail loop right outside of Magic Kingdom. Uh, the mugs are $22, and that includes the price of the drink, I believe. And if that is the case, that's a really good deal, because the drink itself is probably 8 to 12 bucks, Right, Pete? Yeah, yeah, every, every bit of it. And, and this is specifically the uh, Mai Tai. I don't know if they've got mugs available for all the other drinks. I would assume they're coming. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting an Uh-Oh-A with a mug uh, on our on our trip upcoming. So my my wife and I went to the Polynesian one evening and enjoyed the fireworks and had a drink and it was uh, the uh oh I think was 
for two people, right? Is that the drink that they serve? And it's the one you can do the fire with. It's it's eighteen dollars or or nineteen dollars. But something I remember like just fine. It like okay, this is something she'll probably like. I'll be like meh, but. I was really interested in doing the fire thing. Like I wanted, I asked her, can I do the fire? And they offered me the mug that night and I chose not to purchase it. But this trip, just because we, we've been become infatuated with Polynesian drinks and the whole atmosphere and the whole vibe there, I think I'm probably going to buy a mug and I, it doesn't necessarily, you know, I, I may buy Pete a Mai Tai just to get the mug because Mai Tais aren't my kind of drink. Uh, but but Pete would gladly take that hit for us. He you know he'd drink the drink and I could take the mug. So, uh, but that's it for the news. Unless you have anything else, Pete. No, I I've I've got nothing else. Um, so we'll go ahead and uh, and pause here for a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers, and then get right into our main topic. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, well, let's go ahead and get started here with our uh, with our main topic for tonight. Again, this is Disney date night. So here's here's my scenario for, for a Disney date night. You and your significant other are at Disney World. You're there for more than a couple of days. Because if, if my wife and I go down to Disney World and we're only there for like three or four days, we're, we're going rope drop to close at every park. Like we're not pausing to have like a romantic date night. So to me, this is... Okay, we're going to leave the parks early. We're going to go back to the hotel. We're going to shower. We're going to get kind of dressed up. And, and we're really going to enjoy this dinner. Is that is that kind of what you're thinking on this, Tom? Yes, because I actually have one of these planned at one of the restaurants we're going to talk about. Okay, so so let's start. And, and I think we're going to have a, a pretty good mix in here of resorts, of theme park, restaurants. I don't know that you've got anything on here from Disney Springs, but I... I'm sure there's a couple of Disney Springs that we could go, but but let's start, I guess, with kind of the granddaddy of them all, and, and that is California Grill at the Contemporary. I'll take the lead on this one because my wife and I are eating there in August uh, on a Friday evening when we'll be in Disney World, and there's a couple reasons, and we're going to talk about restaurants not to eat at as well, just maybe a couple honorable mentions because that's not what the episode's about, but California Grill's at the top of Disney's Contemporary Resort. Uh, it was it formerly was called on top of the world, I believe, and that's what a lot of people refer to it as today. What you get here is fantastic food, fantastic experience. It's quieter than some of the other Disney restaurants, uh, a little bit more formal, but not so formal that that you have to wear a coat and tie. And it gets you access to the rooftop where you can watch the fireworks. Even if your dinner, if you're in the middle of your dinner, you can get up, 
Go watch fireworks. Come back down. No issue at all. Um, it's about thirty-five to sixty bucks per person, so it is it is pricey, uh, but it is something that I have never been to, and I cannot wait to take my wife in August. I mean, I, I discussed with her, and I, I threw out two restaurants, and this was the one that caught both of our eye as a serious date night. I mean, this is, you know, uh, uh, we're we're really looking forward to good food, a good environment, and a nice evening, kind of watching the fireworks from that view. So, just a couple of points here. You said there's no dress code. That's not 100% accurate. What I meant was it's not a suit and tie dress code. Cor- correct, correct. I mean, you ca- you can't go in there wearing a tank top. You're supposed to wear slacks or dress shorts. I d- apparently, dress shorts are a thing. Uh, you're supposed to dress a little bit nicer than you would maybe to go into the theme parks. But 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 you're right. No, no code is necessary. Nothing like that. Uh, the other thing to note is if you are on the Disney dining plan, this is a Disney signature restaurant, so it does require two table service credits to eat at this restaurant uh, with the dining plan. I have I have not eaten at California Grill, but f- what I have heard is that yeah, the the it is a little bit quieter quieter environment. This is at the top of the contemporary, so you can see for miles. I I, I think you can almost see Miami from up here, but. Certainly, if you get the opportunity to be up here during the fireworks at uh, at Magic Kingdom, and, and they do have an observation deck that's located outside this restaurant as well, that, that you can go out and watch the fireworks at Magic Kingdom. I'm sure that they pipe the music in like they do at many of the other uh, resorts where you can uh, where you can watch the fireworks. But uh, but again, this is just a nice restaurant. You know, there's no particular theme that goes along with it, other than we're at the Contemporary. This is nice. You know, and I call it what so. So right now, I've only been able to secure a 5.30 or 6 p.m. dinner. And that night, I believe, wish it, or I'm sorry, <laughs> happily ever after, rather, is it 8 or 9, something like that. And so I called the restaurant and I said, listen, I want to take my wife here. We want to watch fireworks from the top uh, of the Contemporary. And what they told me was, even if you finish your dinner, you get a voucher. So you can, you can leave the restaurant. You could go into the park. Uh, what we're planning to do is explore the Contemporary and maybe shop a little bit. Uh, but maybe take a monorail ride to the Polynesian. You can always come back, and as long as you have that voucher that you ate dinner there that evening, they'll let you right back up to the top. So we're planning to kind of slowly eat our dinner, and we're thinking we'll have an hour, an hour and a half to kill, and I don't think that's going to be difficult, whether we spend that at one of the bars that we have access to or we spend that you know, down in the main lobby by Chef Mickey's because my wife does enjoy that shopping area at Contemporary. E- either way, we're going to come back and, and go to the rooftop to uh, to watch the fireworks that evening, so we're really excited, and this is definitely a date night destination at Disney. Yeah, and and it, it is a California themed dining experience. So sushi, flatbreads, fish. It's the menu changes a little bit from from time to time, but uh, but but the food here is is good again. So all right, we'll, we'll move it on. In in my opinion, I think this is maybe the second nicest restaurant at Disney World. And that is uh, Narcusi's at the Grand Floridian. So this is a primarily a seafood restaurant. I mean, I guess they call it coastal cuisine, but but it's primarily a seafood restaurant. Again, same type of dress code that you would get at the uh, at the California Grill. They expect gentlemen to wear a collared shirt, dress shorts, slacks, what have you, nice jeans. You know, they don't want torn or ripped clothing. They don't want tank tops that swimsuits that kind of stuff there but again just a just a nice restaurant no particular theme here you know it's it's not like 
any crazy theme, anything like that. But but uh, but you are going to get some good food here. So you are on the shores of the Seven Seas Lagoon, and and it's just a coastal themed dinner. Uh, they also have a, a fantastic wine list. Again, same price point as California Grill, same Disney signature restaurant. So two table service credits if you're on the uh, on the dining plan. This is another one I have not dined at. I have seen the restaurant. Uh, I've spent quite a bit of time walking around Disney resorts, especially the deluxe resorts during Christmas. And I walked all the way out to where Narcusi's is. And it's, you know, I, I'd rather eat at Polynesian or Contemporary. That's my preference. That, that, it's just the way I roll. Uh, so this is not one that's on the list for me to definitely try. I think there are other restaurants that appeal more to what I like to eat. But, I mean, it, it arguably is the second best restaurant in Disney World. I mean, I think Pete is is very uh, correct in saying that. I mean, there, there's one restaurant we'll hit later on the list that is is hands hands down the number one restaurant. But uh, as far as reviews go, Narcusi's holds up pretty well, and, and their wine list is something that they're known to uh, uh, to to kind of boast about. I mean, it, it is if you want good wine, it's a good place to go to get it. Well, and for me, when you're talking about like elegance at at Disney World. The Grand Floridian is just at, at the top of the list, right? You've got you've kind of got the Grand Floridian on top and then everything else below it. So anything at the Grand Floridian is just going to be, I don't know, a, a cut above everything You could else. not have worded that any better. When I walk, just me, and if you guys knew me personally, you would know, I, elegance is not me. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like when I walk to the Grand Floridian, I'm going to break something. So that's why I'm more comfortable at the Contemporary. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoy being at the Contemporary. And and the Contemporary is a nice hotel, and they have nice restaurants there. But it but it doesn't feel like it's at the totally same agree. level as the Grand Floridian. You know, we went for Christmas time to see the Gingerbread House and and the piano. That I mean, the guy playing the grand piano is just you feel like you're you're in like a ball, like a ballroom. I mean, it, it feels like you're in the movie. You're, you're with Cinderella, right? I, I don't know. It just there's something about that resort where I go to Polynesian and it feels more kind of beachy Caribbean, and I go to Contemporary and it just kind of feels like a really nice hotel. Uh, so yeah, that's just my opinion, but here's a restaurant. I have quite a bit of experience at La Cellier in Epcot. It is two, uh, to, to talk to the tables, uh, the dining plan. It is two table service credits, not, not because of the food or the cost of the food because of the popularity of the restaurant. At one point, they had to slow down the amount of people that were trying to go in there. It is a dark environment. It is fairly quiet. Actually, uh, I, w- I would describe it as very cozy and it's, it's in the Canadian pavilion of the world showcase about 35 to 60 bucks again per adult that's not these prices do not include alcoholic beverages so keep that in mind and it is one of my favorite restaurants at disney world i just have not chosen to go to it recently because we have been on the dining plan on a lot of trips well and and the food has gone i mean you talk about 10 15 years ago the food has gone downhill a little bit here i think I would agree. They still have they still have I think one of the best steaks at Disney World, but but I think the quality of the food has gone the the price has increased and the quality of the food has gone downhill. Now, the cheddar cheese soup here is still one of my favorite foods at Disney World, hands down. And they're known for their signature poutine as well. I mean, that that's kind of their go-to thing. And the steak probably 10 years ago was much better than it is today. I would give you that. Uh, that's why we kind of have it. And th- this this list is in no order because I think the best restaurant is probably the last one on the list. But it, it it's a date night spot. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about here. It is. It's a very quiet environment. Again, it's supposed to be kind of a wine cellar type environment. You know, the lighting is low. 
there's there's no windows here, right? Because it's underground. Yes, it's 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 supposed to be a cellar. Yep. But but it is a, a genuinely nice restaurant. Again, this is a theme park restaurant, so the dress code is a lot more relaxed here than I think you would see at California Grill or at Narcusi's. You know, I mean, you're going to get people in here that have tank tops on. Maybe not at some of the later reservations, but the the ambience is not going to be the same as as you would get at either one of those two restaurants because it is at a theme park. Another thing I'll add, and we and we haven't really hit this yet, you will have more children and families in La Cellier than you will at Narcusi's or California Grill. California Grill for sure is family friendly. So if you do have children and that is how you're going to do your date night in Disney, that's totally fine. You can take your children to, to uh, California Grill. That's not a problem at all. La Cellier, being that it's in a park, will be very family friendly. But it's still pretty quiet. Well, and it's a it's still a difficult reservation to get for dinner. Because, because it is at a theme park and because people see it as, okay, we're going to have a nice dinner, but it's not too nice. We're not going to have to go get dressed up to go eat here. So it is it is still a, a rather difficult reservation to get, despite the fact that it's expensive and it's two table service credits. And I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about La Cellier, and we can move on to our next restaurant. When we were in Disney World doing the World Showcase, I'll call it that, I, I tried to go into La Cellier because I did not like the beverage choices at the carts outside in the Canada Pavilion. And they will not let you in without a reservation because the restaurant is really small. And they, there's not like a you know a bar you could go in there and sit at. It's not like going to the UK, for example, where you can go hang out at the bar and there's also people dining on the other side of the area. They will not let you in without a reservation, no matter how hard you beg and plead. Because I tried. I said, listen, I'm just trying to complete this challenge and I just need to go in here real quick. Uh, and they would not let me in. But moving to our next restaurant, this is one that I'm going to probably let Pete talk about more because he he seems to be obsessed with it. Well, I just, I I really like this restaurant because, and this is Jico, the cooking place, and this is at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. So this restaurant is, I think the ambiance here is fantastic. It's got an open kitchen, which, which really adds to the whole experience for me. And it feels like... I, it's it's hard for me to explain. It feels modern, but it still feels African. And the food here is kind of a I mean it's it's African cuisine, right? They have some Mediterranean inspired stuff here, but it's it's really traditional African and Indian cuisine, and it's expensive. And they are known, they have a whole wall full of wine. But I I don't know why. I just I really 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 like this restaurant. This is this is another one. I mean there there's another restaurant in Wickingham Lodge that I would pick over this one and Sanaa, which we're going to hit later. And that's just my personality, man. I Jico's, I've read and watched videos. I've watched dining experiences. It's not one that, that would be for me. But this po- this podcast episode is not about restaurants for me. It's about date night areas. And this hits a home run as far as the date night's concerned. So this is just, it's if I had to describe it, it's a pretty restaurant. Uh, and part of the reason for that is they do have a kind of unique lighting scheme the lighting changes to reflect kind of a an African sunset, for lack of a better word. Like it, it, it's it's just a cool lighting scheme. Uh, but but the food here is is phenomenal. Again, this is at a resort, so a little bit nicer dress than maybe you would wear to the theme parks. I've I've not ever heard any complaints about the food, although it is a little bit different than what you would see at you know a, a typical at a California Grill or something like that. So. There are some more adventurous choices here, but but yeah, I, I think this is a great uh, great date night restaurant. 
That's a great way to put it, too. Adventurous choices. If you guys have listened to the podcast within the last three weeks, you know that I like chicken strips and fries. So adventurous is not necessarily what is at the forefront of my dining experiences. Well, and just some of the spices that they use on... I mean, because... You can get filet on the menu. You can get like a a, a wood grilled filet mignon. You can get ribs on the menu, but they're you know they're spiced a little bit differently than than you would typically uh, typically have them at Disney World. So it is a little bit more adventurous, I think. And another thing I'll add, if you're going to go to the Animal Kingdom Lodge, especially if you've never been or ever or you've never stayed there, go there about an hour and a half early. Explore the resort. You can go to the Savannah and see. Whatever animals are roaming there. There could be no animals, but there could be zebras, giraffes, etc. in that area. My wife and I and my mom actually ate at Boma and got there, rel- I don't know, relatively early. Not like two hours in advance, but we left, we left Rivers of Light, unfortunately, after we watched that terrible show. And made our way to Animal Kingdom Lodge because we were kind of in the area. Explored the resort. It is a gorgeous resort. And there's things to do. I mean... I'm sure we did not go check. I'm sure there's a bar you could go sit at. I have no idea, but I would assume there is. And and then going outside and just getting some fresh air and seeing, you know, kind of a portion of Kilimanjaro Safari is, is really fun as well. So moving to one of my favorite portions of Disney World, the boardwalk area in general, uh, I happen to spend quite a bit of time, whether it's a uh, date night getting some ice cream in there or it's a date night going to the piano bar. But the uh, boardwalk is a fantastic area and they have a restaurant called the Flying Fish that is... I would say is is a date night area. I mean, it's it's seafood, it's steak, uh, it's newly remodeled to be a very contemporary type theme, and you have the boardwalk there at your disposal. I mean, imagine going to dinner, getting out, walking, getting some fresh air. You can see some of the Epcot fireworks at Illuminations from here, depending on where you're standing, and you have ice cream at your disposal. You have a few different bars, and you have Jelly Rolls, the piano bar, which is one of the more enjoyable bars at Disney. I mean, it's one of the more famous areas that people will go to in their evening. So Flying Fish also has kind of an open kitchen where you can, you can watch the staff prepare your meals. So, and you do kind of have to request to sit by the kitchen, but it is cool to watch, you know, watch, watch the kitchen staff prepare your meal there. I think their big thing is sustainability. I've heard that mentioned a couple of times with regards to Flying Fish, but Again, you go to a restaurant called Flying Fish. What do you expect to eat? You expect to eat mostly seafood, and 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 that's what they have here. But I agree, the boardwalk area is great. You can have dinner here. You can you can go walk around the boardwalk. I mean, that's kind of romantic, right? Walking hand in hand down the board around the boardwalk at night. Jelly rolls, jelly rolls. I would not consider a romantic place, but but the it's boardwalk, fun. It is fun. It is fun. I. It's it's a cool mix of Disney and regular songs, but not especially romantic. But I mean, the boardwalk can be romantic. So I'll tell you one of my one of my most favorite pictures of my wife and I is at the boardwalk. We we grabbed another couple, and we I think I got a milkshake, and she got either a cupcake, which does not surprise me if that's what it was, or ice cream. And uh, we had an awesome evening. And, and I would agree, Jelly Rolls is not somewhere you go to have an intimate conversation, but it's somewhere you can go and have a blast uh, with whoever you're with. So that that's that's a good area. That's for sure a good area. And and if I didn't mention it before, it's about again in that thirty-five to sixty buck price range per adult, and and two table service credits. But which which I think look most of these restaurants are. I yes yeah we're talking nicer restaurants right? I mean you should expect it. All right, well let's go let's go back to the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Let's do it. Sanaa. So I mean I alluded to it earlier. So the what's the coolest thing to me about this restaurant is the views. I mean, you are literally looking out onto the animals on the savannah. I'll tell you, this restaurant almost made me put Coral Reef in on this list 
because of the views. And you think Boy Meets World, you think Full House. But anyway, we'll continue with Sanaa here. So the the other thing that stands out about this restaurant, other than the the amazing views, is is the bread service. Everybody that I've ever talked to that has gone to this restaurant talks about the Indian bread service. And and you get, I mean, it's naan, right? And you get naan served with a bunch of spices. And it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, if if so, Pete knows me very well. At one point in my life, I think I would have eaten bread and drank water. I mean, you and been a you happy ate camper. You literally ate bread sandwiches. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so so Sanaa would be a restaurant that because my wife loves the Animal Kingdom Resort. If her favorite park is Animal Kingdom, her favorite resort is probably the Animal Kingdom Lodge. We have to try this restaurant. I mean, this is like I, I almost want to change our California Grill to go to Animal Kingdom, but I think she likes fireworks more than she likes you know this resort. Well, the, the really cool thing about this restaurant is that it's so quiet because who goes to Animal Kingdom, the Animal Kingdom Lodge, other than people that are staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge? So you're, it's pretty far out there as, as far as resorts go. So you're so far removed from the crowds. You've got these amazing views of the Savannah. And, and then the food's pretty good too. Again, it's, it's a little bit more adventurous than I think Tom would be comfortable with. Tom, you're not going to find chicken fingers on the menu here, but... The, the atmosphere more than makes up for that, the fact that you wouldn't get chicken fingers. No, I agree. And, and you're right. I mean, I my wife is at the point, and I keep referring to her because this is who I think about on taking dates to Disney. She knows that I'm not that adventure. I mean, a steak, fish, that's kind of as far as I go. I will probably have to sacrifice and do this one time because she she could eat. She'll try anything at least once. I mean, that, that's just the way that she enjoys new things. And if you're counting, this is like three very nice dinners you can get at Animal Kingdom, uh, the Animal Kingdom Lodge, rather, because Boma is another restaurant that I would not recommend for a date night, but that's a very good restaurant in, in the resort. Yeah, not a, not a date night restaurant, but, but definitely a good restaurant. I mean, a great, a great buffet. I mean, a great Disney buffet. Everything there is phenomenal. Well, And you, you guys are going to Boma. I will go with, my, yeah, my wife's family and I will go to Boma in August, I guess. Uh, we we have a reservation there, so it's a larger party, which will be really good for a buffet because you know it doesn't it, it takes some of the pressure off the waiting staff there at Disney. Uh, moving to another restaurant that I actually canceled my reservation at and did Coral Reef last time. I canceled my reservation here and ate at with, Beer Garden. Actually, with your wife? With my wife, yeah. Which okay. was kind of a questionable call, but well, then I'll let you go ahead and name the restaurant, Monsieur Paul. So Epcot. France Pavilion, there are there are two French restaurants at the French Pavilion. You've got Chefs de France, which is on the ground level, and then you've got Monsieur Paul, which is which is on the top level. And the reason that I wanted this reservation was because I really, really wanted to sit in a window seat during the during the illuminations, which this this apparently is one of the best places to watch the fireworks from at Epcot right now. Yeah, so I canceled my reservation here because I got sucked into the aquarium at Coral Reef. And I don't know if I made a mistake. Uh, this was a trip with my mom, my wife, and I. And I had this one kind of as a backup plan. Then once I landed at Coral Reef at the time I wanted with the aquarium, with the tank seat, right? The tank table right by the aquarium. I had to get rid of Monsieur Paul. But this is a good date night restaurant. I mean, you talk about, Pete has told the story 160 times in 80 episodes about you know, being around at uh, in Magic Kingdom, rather, uh, for at Tony's Town Square for the par- parade, it's kind of the same concept here. If you can get a window seat during the fireworks show, that's pretty romantic. I mean, Illuminations is a really good fireworks show. Uh, th- this is definitely a restaurant I would recommend, uh, probably second 
to Le Cellier if we were ranking them. I would prefer to go to Le Cellier. But what you what you lose with Le Cellier is the windows and the opportunity to see the fireworks because you are downstairs. Well, moving to our last restaurant of the night, the grand salami of them all. Yeah, I mean, this is this is obviously everybody knew this was coming on this list, right? Victoria and Alberts, which is which is it, right? I mean, this is the this is the anniversary dinner. This is the you got engaged. This is the you know, first trip to Disney, last trip to Disney. This is not a casual date night. No, and 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 the price reflects that. Like this is intense. Like we're gonna we're gonna spend as much as we need to to really really enjoy ourselves. Meal. Obviously, this is at the Grand Floridian. I mean, I I talked about this before. The Grand Floridian is a cut above. I I feel like Victorian Albert. You know, same thing with the restaurants. You've got Victorian Alberts, and then you've got everything else below it. The the one thing I'll say about Victorian Alberts, it, it's a lot smaller than I than I guess I thought it would be. There's not a whole lot of tables in here, so they there are very few reservations available for Victorian Alberts. So if if eating here is important to you. You really, 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 really need to get on exactly 180 days out from when you're you want to eat here and book your reservation because otherwise it's going to be really difficult for you to get a reservation at Victoria and Alberts. And I and I'll tell you, it's possible. We had a friend that that, that dined there when he got engaged, and he what he had to do was call Disney and basically say, "Listen, I'm getting engaged this day. He'd hired a photographer at Magic Kingdom. If there's anything you can do to make it work, please make it work." And Disney did. I mean, because that's the Disney magic, right? If you have a reason like that, I can't guarantee it, but you're going to have a better chance than going through the app and trying to find a reservation. I mean, call Disney, tell them what's going on, be very flexible in the time, and be willing to move your uh, engagement, I guess, around that dinner. They had a they had a fantastic evening. Am I one that would spend the money to eat here? Probably not, but Pete would. I know he would. I mean, I, I like food. I, I really like food. When when my wife and I were in Paris, we spent a lot of money to take a, and it sounds kind of silly now, but we took a bus tour that they served us a gourmet tour, a gourmet food on. So it was a, it was like a six course gourmet meal on this bus. And the food was incredible. The experience was incredible. So yeah, I definitely spend the, spend the money to eat here. So Victorian Alberts is obviously very famous for their their meal, which is I think it's a six course meal. But they're also very famous for the chef's table, which is a little bit less intimate because you're literally in the kitchen, so you're not in the dining room, you know, at a, at a two top with just you and your significant other. You're in the kitchen at a large table with the cooks walking around you. But I think the food is that much better. I mean, I would say the food is better, but I mean the experience is ridiculous. I mean. You're peeling back. There's a restaurant where I live in South Carolina, and I always ask to sit up on the second floor because I can see into the kitchen because I think it's incredible to watch them. And it's a, it's a nice restaurant. And I'm not right there with the chef, but I'm watching them prepare the filet that I order or the fish my wife orders, and it's awesome to just be able to watch how they work. So I agree. While it maybe is a little less romantic, it's it's an experience that you'll never forget. Now, really important here, I think, and and this is by itself in all the restaurants that we've talked about so far tonight, but there is a dress code at Victorian Alberts. Men do need to wear a jacket here. Uh, women do need to wear a dress or a pantsuit if you're Hillary Clinton. Uh, something something to that effect. But but there is a a dress code here. Is it, it is enforced? If you don't have a jacket, I'm pretty sure they make you put on a jacket. They do, and I've actually heard they have like extra jackets kind of hanging around 
that they will give you to wear. Because now do not go into the restaurant assuming that. It's just kind of one of those funny Disney rumors. But yes, you, you do need a jacket to wear to, to uh, eat and dine here. And I'll, I'll tell you, quite frankly, you would feel very out of place. if It'd be like going to a black tie event and wearing a polo. I mean, you would feel awkward. So yeah, prepare to wear a jacket. And if if you eat here, please let us know because I, I love hearing the reviews from this restaurant. Yeah, it's 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 expensive, but I would say that despite the price, this restaurant is not overpriced. J- just to give you an idea of how limited seating is here, there are two seatings per night for the main dining room and one seating per night at the chef's table. And it's a small restaurant. So there there are not a whole lot of reservations available here. I think dinner is two to two and a half hours for the for the prefix meal something yeah. something like that yeah it's something like that i mean it's an evening it is and you're going to walk away blown away i mean you're not going to walk away it's one of those restaurants if you don't like what you're eating they're going to make sure they give you something you like right i mean they're they're not going to leave you wanting more so yeah so if you want a romantic meal i i think i think you've got now you left off the brown derby do you think do you think brown derby i hate the brown derby do you I mean, really I hate it i i don't know why but i've had this this idea in my head forever that I, I just don't like the Brown Derby at all. I mean, I feel like we left out two theme parks. We left out Magic Kingdom and we left out Hollywood Studios. Okay, let, let's hit that because what I wanted to talk about was a couple honorable mentions of non-date night restaurants. Be Our Guest has now fallen in that category for me. I would be okay. I mean, my wife and I did a date night at Be Our you, Guest. You and I talked about this when I was debating between Be Our Guest or California Grill. You said Be Our Guest is going to be a lot louder. And it certainly is if you're in the main dining room. If you get in one of the side rooms, it is a lot more intimate. But but yeah, I agree. It is a lot louder than any of these other restaurants on the list. So I, I would kind of put that on there, but only if you can get in one of the other dining rooms other than the main dining room. And then for Hollywood Studios... Your, your Brown Derby is your pick, I guess. I mean, there's nothing else, really. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, Hollywood yeah. and Vine is not a date night. No, certainly You go to a not. drive-in theater, baby, sci-fi. I mean, Mama, Mama Melrose, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I mean, date night leading into Fantasmic, because there's nothing better than that. But Yeah, don't, don't try to have a date night at Hollywood Studios. And I guess we really didn't have one at Animal Kingdom. We had two at Animal Kingdom Lodge, but... Which is close enough. Tiffin's Tiffin's is is your go to if you're going to try to have a date night at Animal Kingdom. It's I it's cla- it's classy enough that uh, that you could have a date night there, but probably not a first choice. I agree. So where do you not want to go? So be our guest was on my not want to go list. I mean, be our guest, Crystal Palace, Hollywood and Vine, Fifties Prime Time, Cinderella's Royal Table. Hmm. Actually, that may should that may maybe should have been on the list. I I don't know. I haven't been there in probably 15 years, so I don't know what it's like anymore. All right, well, we'd love to hear from you guys what you think about our choices here. If you've got other restaurants that you think would make great date night restaurants, anything we left off, anything we forgot, anything we were wrong on, please uh, make sure you tweet us or email us. So with that, Tom, secret trivia question, what do we got? Yeah, uh, secret of the night, did you know that Space Mountain's building is actually inside out? The rigid white beams of the building that, that uh, you would notice Space, uh, Space Mountain rather, having emphasized its futuristic appeal. However, uh, the form of this function is more by necessity than it was by design. By placing the roof structure on the outside, the Imagineer who was responsible for designing Space Mountain was able to utilize the smooth surface on the inside to project all of the wonders that make this star-filled experience the uh, realistic journey that you all have, have seen when you've 
ridden Space Mountain. So while it looks very cool on the outside, it was by design to put the beams on the outside and not on the inside. Moving to the trivia question from last week, we had a lot of people get this right. I'm going to give my mom a shout out because uh, being a history teacher, she quickly got this one correct. It was, what do the 13 lanterns hanging from Liberty Tree Tavern area in the uh, the oak tree, what do they represent? They, of course, represent the original 13 colonies of the USA. So congratulations to all those who got it right. We had uh, someone on Twitter as well, and I, I don't want to forget their name because they were the first one that got it right via Twitter. So as I look up their name, please bear with me. Uh, Dawn. Dawn on Twitter got this correct as well. Uh, so we appreciate all the participation, and we love for you guys to join in on the fun. Moving to the trivia question of this week. What attraction in Disney World today was originally planned to have real animals on the attraction? So it is an attraction that is still very active in Disney World today. It does not have real animals, but it was initially intended to have real animals. Uh, you can tweet us at podcast or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com with your guests. And I look forward to everyone participating. Is it at Magic Kingdom? I'm going to give zero hints out on this one. We'll talk about it later. Well, anything else for tonight? That's it for me. All right. Well, that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.